So, yeah, as Dom said, uh, this morning we're continuing uh, through the series uh, about being Jesus-centred. Um, and uh, my topic this week uh, is Jesus is life. Um, so, uh, for anyone who doesn't know me, um, I'm Jonathan, I'm married uh, to Helen. I've got two kids um, at the back there, Florence and Edith, and um, I'm one of the elders here. Um, and, yeah, it's just great to be here to worship God together and uh, to talk about Jesus. That's why we're here, um, and that's why we're doing this series. That um, God really clearly spoke to Dom at the start of this year uh, about uh, us being a church that is Jesus-centred and Jesus-sent. And that's why uh, we're doing this series um, each week, uh, going through another aspect of uh, Jesus' character, who he is, um, and... Uh, we hope that you can be blessed by being here this morning and uh, hearing what, what Jesus has for us. So, Jesus is life. Uh, the topic that I have, um, the, sorry, the, the, uh, the passage that I'm going to be speaking from uh, this morning is a very famous one. Uh, it's from uh, the first chapter of the Gospel of John, uh, starting reading at verse 1, I'll go through to verse 5. So I'll just read that um, and then we'll go from there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were, were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God, I just thank you for your incredible words. Lord, I pray that as we look at them this morning, that you would bring them to life for us. That we would receive your life. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and that you brought life and light to us. Amen. So John starts uh, his gospel, his account of the life of Jesus and how he uh, experienced uh, Jesus with uh, these words. Um, and uh, for him, the theme of life runs really strongly. Um, so if you look at uh, the word count for the number of times the, the Greek word for life is used by John, both in his gospel and uh, later on in the New Testament, in his letter, um, it's like way above any other um, book in the, in the New Testament. He really wants us, as re in, in reading what he has to say, to get this theme about Jesus bringing life. Uh, he goes on uh, to talk about how Jesus said that he would bring life uh, in all of its fullness. So uh, for my life, uh, something that is... Um, has really shaped and directed me is uh, this idea that uh, Jesus is uh, our is creator. Um, it, we see in uh, in here uh, the, in the third verse, he says, "All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made." Uh, so I uh, I'm a chemist. I work in research and. Uh, from when I was at school um, studying chemistry, something that was just amazing about it for me uh, was the way that the world is put together. Um, the way that 
the really intricate details are just so beautiful and how things hang together in the physical world because of the way uh, that uh, God has made it. And uh, that, that love of uh, chemistry, that love of science, uh, I went, meant that I went on to go to university and study chemistry uh, and now uh, carry on using that now. Um, and there is just something amazing about these words uh, that John is doing to link the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, with Jesus coming. He's saying that uh, in Genesis 1, you read that there was darkness and then God spoke. There was darkness and then there was light. Let there be light. And John is really clearly linking Jesus coming with that life, that abundance coming out of nothing. And Jesus, uh, what Jesus was uh, coming to do uh, was to touch this broken world that we live in and once again bring life. Once again uh, bring uh, light where before there was darkness. So, yeah, my life has been directed by this incredible, well, for me, a fascination in what God has done in creation. I wonder about, for you, what is the thing about Jesus that drives you? What is the thing about what God has done that gets you out of bed in the morning? The thing that shapes goals that you want to achieve, the things that shape things that you want to do. Um, I really admire people who uh, have a life plan. <laughs> I don't, haven't particularly had a very, um, certainly not one that I'd ever write down, but there's, there has been this theme for me. Um, some people ha have like a five-year plan. They're like, I'm gonna, in, by, by the time I get to five years, I'm going to have done this, this, and this, and this makes you driven and purposeful and single-minded. But it can be also be very frustrating. As all of us have seen uh, from the year that we've lived through the last year, you can't always know what's around the corner. John had his life turned upside down by meeting Jesus. He may well have had a life plan, things that he had. He was like, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But when he met Jesus he touched something that was just so incredible that it was worth changing all of his plans about. And as he writes his gospel, he shows Jesus doing the same for multiple other people. Just going through the first three chapters of uh, the Gospel of John, uh, you see uh, the disciples getting called, their lives being completely changed. You see uh, a wedding where they run out of wine. And this would have been a shame that would have hung over them for the rest of their lives. Like, oh, do you remember that couple? They're the ones that ran out of wine. Jesus is there. He changes things. Jesus meets Nicodemus. This guy comes to him in the middle of the night and he's got big, big questions. And he's saying, Jesus, can you help me? Can you help me understand and Jesus, once again, is changing this man's life. He's bringing life to him. So all of these people 
touch something worth changing their life plans about. All of them realised that Jesus deeply, genuinely cared about them. But Jesus wasn't just a nice guy. He wasn't um, just going from person to person, finding um, you know, a way to be kind to people. All of those things I said about people that had a life plan, that was Jesus. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly where he was going. He was going to go to the cross. And the reason that he was going to the cross was because he deeply, genuinely cared, not just about the people that he was, were immediately in front of him, but this whole world, this whole world that was broken by sin, by all the things that have gone wrong. He cares deeply, genuinely about that enough to go and give up his own life on the cross. The one who made everything, who was there at the beginning, he was the word with God, speaking into existence, all of creation. He was there on the cross. And he died for you and for me, for our whole world. But he didn't stay dead. There wasn't uh, a tomb that could be dug uh, that would hold him in death. This Jesus, who was life itself, came back from the dead. He was raised from the dead. The, the New Testament uh, talks about um, this concept of first fruits. We can have confidence that death is not the end because Jesus has already gone through it and we are in him. And these are big things to get your head around. But it is extraordinary what Jesus has done for us. So for John, for all of the disciples, for all of the people that put their trust in Jesus, life in all of its fullness couldn't be anything other than a life lived in connection with him. It couldn't be anything other than a two-way relationship where this one who made the universe personally loves and cares for you. But I wonder for you, does life in all of its fullness look like how you might imagine it to look? We can feel the pressure of that connection. The fact that I'm connected to Jesus should mean that my life looks like whatever. And then the next thing comes, the fact that I'm connected to Jesus should lead to my life looking like this, but I'm not. And then even worse, the pressure of, feeling a pressure of my, I'm connected to Jesus, so this should lead to whatever, but I'm not, but they are and you start to compare yourself. <laughs> and I've, I've genuinely felt that with people who don't know Jesus. And we, have, we are very blessed with some absolutely amazing neighbours who are so lovely, but they don't know Jesus, but they have such a life about them. And they seem to be less stressed than us, and they seem to be happier than us. 
and you go, oh, okay. I'm feeling a pressure here that actually I've got a connection with Jesus and my life should look like it's full of joy and I don't have this joy that they seem to have. The thing about connection with Jesus is it has to be real. It has to be grounded in reality day to day of what we experience. Jesus is never surprised by our questions. He's never surprised by our doubts. He's never surprised by our lack of self-awareness. So, in 2019, uh, Helen and I had uh, the privilege of being able to go on holiday to South Africa. And uh, we had, uh, was it three weeks out there? Yeah. Um, and it was an extraordinary time for being able to be there. But it was also a time of me realising the depth of my lack of self-awareness. <laughs> um, I hadn't realised that I really wasn't okay. I had let the kind of pressures that I've just been talking about have a big effect on my life, but I hadn't processed it. I hadn't come to terms with what was actually going on with me. And Helen helped me to realise that actually I was in a, in a situation where there was no pressure on me. There was no expectation on me. I was just there to have a good time. And my head was full of anxious thoughts unrelenting anxious thoughts. You know when you've just got so much in your head that you can't bring any of those thoughts down to land and bring anything to a conclusion and it's just like all oh, whirling around up there. That was what was going on for me, but I was just in this place where I didn't have any responsibility. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to be anywhere. I mean, we had the next booking for the next holiday cottage which, which we were in, but you know, that's not a big stress. Like, we had to make the dinner for the evening or go out for dinner. What a choice. <laughs> um, and I was there, and I was like, I can't focus on anything. I can't focus on connection with Helen, never mind, who's physically next to me, never mind feeling a connection with Jesus, who made the universe. And I realised that I had to do something about that that I wasn't okay, and I did a, a, like a question, health questionnaire thing. It gave me an anxiety score, and it's just the standard NHS one. And I was like, oh, that number's too big. <laughs> and I came back, and the number got bigger, <laughs> because then I had other things that I had to do. So, yeah, I went to the doctor, and... Um, I got referred for CBT, which uh, deals with um, the... Uh, it's a kind of way of uh, dealing with the surface level of it in the sense of... I'm really sorry for everyone who's, anyone here who knows properly about CBT. I'm totally hammering this up. Um, but it, it deals with... Uh, for me, I felt that I was able to deal with the... It gave me strategies to deal with the day-to-day, -day, but it wasn't necessarily addressing the underlying stuff. 
and uh, but yeah, we were able to find a counsellor uh, privately that helped me to deal with the self-awareness stuff um, and understand more about where all of this stuff is actually coming from. And I'm telling telling this story uh, not because. I certainly, I'm not saying because I want you to say, oh, poor me, like, going through this, like, lots of you guys have stuff that you go through, but I'm just saying that there are pressures that can come from all sorts of ways, like, I, was, I talked about the, the neighbours and feeling an internal pressure, it might be some external situation that brings a pressure on you, and it can impact on your relationship with Jesus, it can impact on you feeling that connection, it doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you, It doesn't mean that he hasn't given everything for you, but we can sometimes struggle to feel that as a reality. And in engaging with the things that I engaged with, the the doctor, what he referred me to, uh, through through the counselling, through just being disciplined about exercise. Um, I found the healing of Jesus come to me. It doesn't mean that I don't feel anxious. I felt anxious um, coming, preparing for this morning. But I know that Jesus is bigger than my anxiety and I don't need to be running away from the things that trigger that. Because that was the first way that I reacted. I wanted to remove all the sources of where this could be coming in from. But actually, the connection with Jesus and engaging with the things that he gave me, I'm so grateful for the NHS. I'm so grateful that we live in a country where we can access these things easily and where there is a changing culture where it's okay to talk about not being okay. Um, and I came to trust Jesus for fullness of life because I had to something that I held on to through this with, I say held on to there were definitely times where I thought hmm, that's interesting rather than, yeah, I really want this thing Sam Wilkes stood at the front of church uh, a number of years ago this was 2019 where this started so yeah it was a while ago and he he said that um, he prophesied that this church would be a church where we see breakthrough in mental health I I hope that by talking about this it can be this can be a church where this is normal And we can see Jesus' healing coming to many, many people in the area of mental health. And it's not the kind of thing where you can stand up and say, yay, I'm healed. Like, no, I was anxious this week. (laughs) But what I do know is that Jesus is with me in it. And I have so much more sense of peace now. And so much better awareness of um, what I can do about it and a connection with other people like people in the church like I sat in Dom's garden and just been like I'm not okay 
and just we had a beer and I felt so much better. <laughs> oh, I just realised I just said that from the front of church. There we go. <laughs> Oops. Beer can be good. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. That was a nice beer. I appreciated it. <laughs> good. The thing about all of this is that I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know when I went to South Africa that there was anything wrong with me at all. Anything, you know, I was just me. I didn't know what I needed, but Jesus did. That's the thing about Jesus' restoring. The people that met Jesus in the Gospel of John, and in all the Gospels, but I'm just thinking about John this morning, they didn't know what Jesus was going to say, and sometimes the things that he said surprised them. They didn't know what they needed, but Jesus did. And that's what Jesus is saying to us this morning, I think. Pray and ask me. Jesus is saying to us, what do you want? And we can say, I don't know. But then, neither did the darkness in Genesis 1. The darkness in Genesis 1 had no idea. If you'd asked the darkness in Genesis 1, all it could talk about was darkness. It's just dark, right? I don't know what light looks like. But Jesus did. And he spoke, and there was light. Jesus knew what he was about. Jesus knew what he was doing when he made the world. And he just bring, he brought life. Day after day, he brought life. And it came. So this morning, Paul, I wonder if you could just come up. Um, I just want to spend a bit of time. So I have no idea where Paul is. <laughs> See, Jonas has disappeared. Um, uh, I just want to pray for us now and say, Jesus, what do you want to say? And then I've got a few things that for individual people that I've been, as I've been praying and preparing for this, um, that, um, Caroline, actually one of them's for you. Do you mind just, uh, um, I, I won't put, I won't, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, I just want to pray uh, first. God, I thank you that you speak and you bring life. I thank you that you know what we need when we've got no idea. I thank you that you calm our anxious thoughts and you bring peace and rest and restoration and life in all of its fullness. Thank you that none of our doubts are bigger than you. Thank you that none of our questions are too big for you. Thank you that we can be at peace in your presence. Thank you for your presence here this morning. And thank you that you want to speak, because you've got things to say. Amen.